This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Saturday Morning Mysteries, where we are your hosts. I'm Alexis. I'm Grace. And we are here to do our thing, which is telling true, quote unquote, crime comedy tales <laughs> based on uh, classic animated cartoons. We are currently in the midst of our Courage the Cowardly Dog arc, which has been very funny, creepy, spooky, full of crimes, all of the above, all wrapped in one. And today is, I believe, our fourth episode. So smack dab in the middle if we follow mm-hmm. whatever loose rules we have on this <laughs> uh-huh. podcast. And Grace will be our wonderful, wonder, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> she will be our storyteller, damn it. That's what I'm trying to say. So I will allow her to take it away. Great. I am so excited for this episode. So <laughs> you can tell by your do, do, do. sorry. If, uh, if, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see right now. We're just doing very weird, like pinchy Crab. hand motions that yes, yes. very Zoidberg esque. So um uh right before we hit record, I started telling Alexis that uh I need to talk about the music of this episode mm. because I just wanted to start today off by generally flagging how incredible the soundtrack to Courage the Cowardly Dog is. Mm-hmm. And not in the way of like, oh, they picked like popular songs at the time, but like full-scale composing and composition mm. that they went down to create some of the music. Um, much like Alexis in your, I guess it'd be two episodes ago for you, like three episodes okay. ago in our art yeah. of like the acapella sing yeah. and Doc Gerbil. When, like, and Doc Gerbil's world. <laughs> yeah, and Doc Gerbil's world. But yeah, it's like, uh, like acapella, like slow motion water, like speedboat chase. Um, and the episode I'm going to be telling you about today. Mm. So the reason why I want to start off with talking about this music is that Every time, every single time in this episode that our criminal slash villain slash evildoer today mm-hmm. is on screen at all, there's this like, I can only describe it as synth opera. <laughs> so it has like a synth, like steady, like do, 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 but then like an ominous, like children's choir singing over it. <laughs> it's so scary what it's just like do 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 da, 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 da. like some like, or some shit just every time he's doing something it's like it's like if the exorcist and like dead mouse did a collab <laughs> that's exactly what it is it's like terrifying and perfect and evil as hell like wow so good and yeah every time this criminal is like up to something nefarious it's just like that or like showing the impact of him so I just want to keep I want you to just keep that it like okay, soundtrack on. playing in your head throughout I love this episode. so much oh my god it's yeah. so weird it's, it's so, so weird yeah and it's so good <laughs> so anyway so this episode cool. to this incredible soundtrack um, I cannot wait Yes, it's season two, episode 13, part A and B. So it's a two-parter. Oh, oh you're doing both parts. Because it's just the same. It's just one long episode. Okay. Yeah. So it's not really split into two different things. It's like, even in like the episode title, they call it like part one and part two. So, yeah. Uh, it's just a normal episode, episode 13, basically. Gotcha. Um, and this episode that I'll I'll get to here momentarily, Um opens with again that said ominous synth opera music as we see bombs going off in the middle of nowhere under like an evening like purple sky Mm. but not just any bombs specifically we see cannons flying into nowhere and as they (laughs) impact more cannons always cannons um and as they impact they give off these like electric blue essentially like mushroom clouds Hmm. um but as what they're hitting in the city is citizens of nowhere men women animals 
literally children. Like we see like a little girl jump roping and then gets hit with one of these cannonballs. Oh my um, God. We see, yeah, like the blue, like mushroom cloud um, just e- exploding. And it makes people of nowhere not just drop like flies, but it turns all their skin like this like pukey green color. And they, they're dropping down, not because they're dead, don't worry, but they become suddenly unable or really unwilling to get up. And they just almost, they don't actually become zombies, but they bring that kind of air all of a sudden to the city that like, they're nothing Mm. more than like a shell of a human being who's just like, why would I bother to get up? And again, no one is spared from this onslaught. Again, we literally see a child get hit by this. Um, and it grinds the city. The crime to of a jump halt. roping. Yeah. No How jump roping on she? the sidewalk. Damn it. Hit him with a bomb. <laughs> Dark. Laura. Anyway, sorry. Again, to the <laughs> creepy music. There, there, there. Uh, and slowly we see the source of these cannons enter the screen. And they're coming from an enormous stone tower, like a single spire tower. That yeah, are you remembering this episode? Yeah, it's like vaguely coming back to me. I was like, oh, where is this going? Okay. Uh And the tower has these like big, like metal spider legs at its base, and that's how the tower's moving. Kind of all like Wild Wild West with Will Smith. I love that movie. Also, that soundtrack. Um, what can yeah. you make it? Wow, wow. I know that a whole song by heart. Fun fact. <laughs> Dude, I don't blame you. That shit's a banger. That was like uh-huh. one of my favorite movies growing up. No shame. Wait. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Anyways, I can, I can it's talk like about that. Forever. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and it's slowly making its way closer and closer to nowhere, the town that it's currently decimating. And as the tower gets closer, we see the mayor of nowhere, who's just some large dude with a big bushy mustache, tell his advisor, we've been bamboozled, give that man, madman whatever he wants. Mm. So this madman, only a mere hours earlier, had actually been in the mayor's office asking maybe asking extorting maybe blackmailing mm-hmm. threatening. threatening yeah the city of nowhere to back his project he's just looking for an investor basically mm-hmm. at the mere price tag of 33 and a third billion dollars uh, <laughs> understandably the mayor laughed the man out of the <laughs> office <laughs> Uh-huh. even new york city wouldn't be able to foot that kind of bill uh-huh. for some random madman unless mm-hmm. he like worked on wall street anyway <laughs> anyways <laughs> um but as he's getting laughed out of the office the so-called madman said that if he doesn't get the money he will use nowhere as part of his research so again threatening uh-oh, and we yeah. clearly see how that went, as now there are bombs being set off on the citizens of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, who was this madman? Why is he bombing the city? What's happening with these cannonball things? What does this have to do with courage? Yeah. So, this so-called madman is this, like, spindly guy, very, very, like, thin, kind of weak-looking uh, a guy with but this enormous head with he's mainly balding he's got like a cu- couple of wisps of like hot pink hair um <laughs> which really pop against his sickly like neon green lime skin Ooh. yeah <laughs> i mean you're like oh pink hair Ooh. oh oh <laughs> gangrene distract <laughs> yeah distract from the gangrene with the pink hair um and it, he looks like he's straight up he doesn't just look like he hasn't slept in years. He basically hasn't slept in years. And he speaks with a thick Croatian accent, hmm. which classic cartoons pinning villains on Eastern Europeans. Yeah. Why? What? This is uh, not the first time we've run into this. Um, no. <laughs> and just as a quick note, like, yeah, like 
huh? The Cold War is over. This episode came out in like, I think 2001. Yeah. So it's not like America propaganda. It's been quite a while yeah. since we were in conflict with Eastern Europe. Yeah. So I'm like, not sure why that that's point, the least. like, that's who's evil vibe. Um, mm. But I also want to pre-apologize because I do all Eastern European accents the same. Um, and I really, I don't know the difference between any of them. I'm bad at any of them, but we're going to say I'm going to do a Croatian accent today. This is a pre-apology that, um, I know there's different dialects, very diverse cultures and different cultures, but look. (laughs) In America, we grew up with the same accent and they said it was different Europeans. Also, ignorance. Also, let's kind of blame the writers and stuff of these (laughs) cartoons too, because like Mm -hmm. they also don't know. (laughs) Yeah, they do not know. They just very Mm -hmm. vaguely are like, yeah, just some sort of Europeanish accent. I don't know. Like for all we know, it could be like five different dialects that the voice actor (laughs) just merging together. This is a beast in a European. Yeah, so it's going to be a bad accent from me, and I would like to put that out there to start. Awesome. Okay. Um, Fair disclaimer. But I do know that it's specifically or or supposed to be a Croatian accent because his name is actually a Croatian word, Hmm. and his name is Zalost, (laughs) Dr. Zalost, or Zalost, as he says it, to be exact. And in Croatian, Zalost means sadness. Oh, wow. I know. Wow. I never knew his name meant something. And to know that's what it means makes me feel (laughs) Zalust. Wow. Nice. The more you know. The more you know. Rainbow goes across the screen. So as we do with most of our episodes, before I get into it, I'm going to wildly speculate here about Dr. Zolost mm-hmm. and how he found himself in a bionic spider tower bombing a city. Um, and as I do with many of my episodes, I won't say that you do this with yours, but I definitely do with mine. I would like to seat my speculation in a topic that I personally know next to nothing about. Uh- <laughs> Same. You can say that for me too. <laughs> but we'll act as if I do. Excellent. Thanks to Wikipedia. <laughs> that, this- can I real quick just say that's the uh-huh. one rule of this podcast? <laughs> skimming. Everything skimming from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. After that, like, do however many episodes you want. Talk about whatever you want, but you <laughs> must skim Wikipedia first. The lightest of skims. Yes. So anyway. in this case, for my episode today, Alexis, my the said skimming of Wikipedia will be the Croatian War of Independence. Oh, boy. <laughs> a Hold topic on. I'm sure you know much about. Oh, yeah. I wrote a thesis paper on it. <laughs> So uh, don't worry, though, I'm not going to talk about any of the details of the war because I was so unaware of Croatian history that I straight up didn't know it used to be part of Yugoslavia and only became Mm -hmm. an official separate nation in 1995. And I will take no further questions about that at this time. I will ask none. I will ask Great. none. I will, can I just say one other thing before yes. you jump in here? I would love it. Uh, just full disclaimer, ladies, gentlemen, anyone in between, this is in no way, shape, or form a war podcast. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Why do we talk about war so much? I don't know. Because it makes like for a good backdrop to a story. It does. It adds it does. drama. It creates um, villains. Yeah. It, yes, it adds drama. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Anyway. So that's the backdrop of my wild speculation. Cool. So again, no more further questions. I don't have any answers. I but <laughs> I do think that Zalost grew up in what would eventually become Croatia. And that he came from what was an esteemed family for actually most of the nation's history. So before World War II, fun fact, thanks Wikipedia, there were royal bloodlines in Yugoslavia. It used to be a monarchy of some variety. But after, well, I guess during the war, it was occupied by Nazis. And then after the war, after World War II, 
it became all of these different Eastern European, now separate countries, but at the time, uh, they all became the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. And I assume all of the said royal bloodlines lost their thrones. They got ousted mm-hmm. because suddenly it's a socialist republic. That ain't no monarchy anymore. Kind of the opposite of monarchy. <laughs> yes, exactly. But again, I believe that Jolast came from this royal bloodline. And I think that his parents raised him explaining just how important he was. That he was royalty and that everyone should not only respect him for it, but worship him for it. And he, their only child, and thus the last heir to their throne, deserved to get his throne back and be thanked for it, for retaking mm-hmm. Yugoslavia slash eventually Croatia mm-hmm. back into a monarchy as ruled by him, as was his quote-unquote blood right, according to his parents. So his family did retain some of their wealth, even though they lost their throne. Um, I think that probably like when the Nazis came to Yugoslavia area, like his family probably like fucked off to like <laughs> vacation somewhere in South America, kept their money. Yeah. And then came back to Brazil. Some- yeah. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. It's not something more nefarious. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, but Sorry, they Brazil, came back at some point and uh, Jalas went to the best schools in the Socialist Republic of Yugoslavia growing up without having to really ever even raise a finger or probably even to go to class on most days. Mm. Anytime there was a naysayer as to why he was on, you know, something like the varsity team, even though he couldn't even like lift up a basketball um, or how he got into like a, you know, PhD program that I surmise was maybe in chemistry, um, even though he never even took like organic chemistry class. Um, His parents would just like pat him on the back Clearly, they paid his way into it, but tell him that it was just the jealous plebeians trying to keep him from his God-given rights as the ki- the rightful king of this grand country. Mm. And if Zalast got some, someone else got something that he didn't get, he would throw a fucking fit. But mm-hmm. not just a fit until like he also got it, like you know, something as small as like you got a piece of cake and I didn't get one but he would throw a full tantrum until the other person got it taken away so instead of his attitude of being mm. I want it because you have it it is if I can't have it no one can have it mm. so very evil monarch-esque view yeah very entitled yeah yes so there may be some who could argue that his parents did all this because they loved him so much that they spoiled him that they wanted him to have such an easy life but again uh i think his parents were disgraced from the downfall of the monarchy and only had him to act as their heir and their puppet to eventually regain their throne mm-hmm. so remember at this time yugoslavia was a socialist republic yet zalas parents were able to pay his way into an impressive resume so he could have all those claims to fame when he eventually became king again And in order to do such a thing in a country where that type of wealth shouldn't matter, um, they had to pay tenfold what they would have had to pay in bribes. So instead of just like, oh, here's, you know, a few hundred bucks, get them into, get them onto the sports team. Here's tens of thousands of dollars. Get them on the sports team. Buy the sports team. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So they had to pay every last cent that they had to get him this spoiled ass little brat just to seem impressive, even though no one was ever impressed with him because everybody knew that his parents were just paying his way. Mm -hmm. And his parents did so until the point that when they eventually died, I think his mother claimed that she was dying from heartbreak because she hadn't seen her son reclaim the throne. So also a lot of guilt riding going on, guilt tripping. You killed Um, me, son. You're a failure. Yeah. I mean, again, I am one of these Americans who doesn't really know the difference, but it sounded Eastern European. Yeah, right. thanks. <laughs> um, Sorry, guys. <laughs> so when uh, his parents eventually died, 
I believe they died entirely penniless, having invested incorrectly in their own kind of shitty son. Um, and when this happened, Jalas from his parents died. Jalas moaned and groaned about how he was abandoned by them. But no one fucking cared about his whining. All he ever did was whine all yeah. the time. And primarily no one cared because he always whined about how life was unfair to him the whole time. Even during, yeah, like the fall of the monarchy when literally the Nazis were invading. Yeah, like he dude. was probably just a little infant crying about how, yeah, he can't, I don't know. What did I do to deserve this? Right, what did <laughs> I do? The Nazis are here for me. <laughs> so unfair for me. He thinks Tori. that he's like the savior. Yeah. Well, to be fair, he's been groomed that way. But exactly. Nature yeah. versus nurture, a little bit of both, but a lot of nurture, I think. <laughs> a little too much has. nurturing. Yeah. <laughs> and and this weird uh lack of a, a nurturing with a lack of love, I think. It was always just mm. very demanding. You need to go do this, you need to go do this, you're gonna go to this school now, you're gonna put this on your resume now. Yeah. Um, and again, his constant whining, I think, was a whining for attention because his parents never gave him loving attention. Mm. Um, but another reason Badness. why no one, yeah, <laughs> why no one cared at all about his moaning and growing um, is because I think his parents died around 1991 when the Croatian War for Independence was breaking out. Mm. So people have like a little more things to care about than some rich kid complaining. Um I think during this time, the sides tried to recruit him. So folks who wanted independence, people who wanted to stay part of Yugoslavia, it's as much as I can tell you about the sides. Um, but as he was being pulled in either direct direction, Jolost realized that he wouldn't be handed a new throne by whatever side he went to, but instead he was going to get treated like any other civilian foot soldier. Again, like a peasant essentially, mm -hmm. instead of saying, please come be our general and then our monarch of the new country we create. Yeah. So uh, in classic, um, uh, I guess, again, more things he learned from his parents, he <laughs> fled the country and ran away as fast as he could when conflict oh, wow. rose up, I think. Wow. So in this case, he fled to America where he expected to be welcomed like a god. Yes. I think you we know, have our own God here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, maybe that he had seen, um, what is it like coming to America with Eddie Murphy? <laughs> Man, you're going to, oh, that's another one of my favorite movies. Oh, I know this, this episode is just full this of great so 80s good. and 90s. Wild Wild West coming to America. You're hey, just um, listening to Heads Grace. Anyway. Yes. Anyway, so I think he's on a tangent. Yeah. I think he had seen that movie. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they had access to it in Eastern Europe, but maybe like when he was on his way, like fleeing, he saw it somehow and was like, yes, I will go to America. He only saw like the opening scene in which like yeah. Eddie Murphy like gratefully walked in and everyone was like, wow, a king. And he was like, that's how I'll enter America. He missed the whole part about McDowell's. Yeah, he <laughs> stopped watching after that. Yeah. He's like, this is it. This is the movie. Movies are only 30 seconds long, right? <laughs> yeah. This is me now. Great. Um, so to no surprise though, uh, no one gave a shit for him about him when he came to America. He was just like another immigrant. Someone and like, just like throws a soda at him. He's like, I'm here, welcome me. Fuck out of the road, asshole. Yeah, learn English. This is America. <laughs> What's up with your pink hair? Oh, yeah. like or something. <laughs> Why are you green skin? Yeah. yeah. Like little did you know how racist America yeah. was. <laughs> at all um and so uh lucky luckily for him he did retain some of the knowledge that he got in his doctoral program um that his parents made him do slash like paid for him to get into and he occasionally went to class and so again he comes to america no one gives a shit about him because you know it's when does america care about immigrants whoops anyway Anyway, the second episode. Sorry, everyone. Uh, Wild Wild West. Remember, great, great. Yeah, yeah. Coming to America. Um, and so, uh, in his cries for more attention, he's like, "What can I do to make a splash here, to show everyone how important I am?" 
oh, you know what I should do? And I think maybe his actually his degree was like bioengineering. Uh, mm-hmm. He built a giant bionic spider tower. And specifically, he built this, I think, because he thought it was a castle that he thought he deserved based on someone back in what is probably now Croatia, because at this point they had gained independence. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, no one blinked an eye. They were just like, okay, compensating much, Jalos, <laughs> for something. <laughs> and again, moaned and groaned about how unfair life was for me. I'm supposed to be the king of this country. Um <laughs> And at this point, sitting in his high, high bionic spider tower, I think Jalos fell into a deep depression at this point, upset that he was king of nothing and nowhere. Mm. And I will say real quick as a side tangent, I'm not shitting on depression here. Like the mayor calls him a madman and that type of stuff. It's very clear in this episode that like Jalos like straight up does suffer from depression, which like I also experience on top of my anxiety. So like at first I tried to write this episode, like talking about depression and mental health. And I was like, this hits way too close to home. Actually, (laughs) I'm going to flip it and reverse it and make it about like someone who wishes he was the Croatian King post Croatian (laughs) war instead. Cause that's easier to talk about for me. It's more fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a lot more fun than talking about my own depression. Um, So uh, we will be talking about depression in this episode. But like how we, you and I both deal with anything challenging, we talk about it with humor. So our coping mechanism. Yep. Whoop, there it is. That's mm-hmm. who we are. So deal I will be talking it. about it. <laughs> yeah, with a lot of humor to me. But uh, yes, I just want to put that out there. Wonderful. So, anyways, um, he spent years just stewing in this tower that I assume was just like inching its way across America. Again, he's just moaning and groaning the whole way. And everyone's like, get out of here. Everywhere he went until one day it clicked for him, a la his old tantrum days as to why he was so depressed. He realized that everyone else around him was happy. And you know what? That was just not fair. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't fair because he wanted happiness too. It simply wasn't fair because everyone else had it and he didn't, which again, to his old days meant if he doesn't have it, no one can have it. Mm -hmm. So using this as a bit of his inspiration, he got to work creating these nuclear cannonballs that we saw at the beginning, which upon contact with someone fills them with depression and Mm. takes all of their happiness away. He calls them his unhappy unhappiness cannonballs um so they're basically like unhappiness balls which the whole time i was just like (laughs) (laughs) yeah the entire episode so uh because i'm mature um so again that's what this (laughs) yes this is what this experiment is is that um he uh will hit people with cannonballs to make them just as sad and depressed as he is because just mm. again it's just it's so unfair that everyone else is happy but i am not happy <laughs> so it sounds a little german I, I it kind of does I, was yeah. say, I mean you know that's eastern yeah. part well was eastern europe yeah. <laughs> at yeah. one it's point. An amalgamation going on yeah here. um and so that became part one of his plan was Everyone else is happy. I'm not going to deal with that shit. Everyone else needs to be depressed like me. But two, he never let go, I think, of this instilled in him so-called birthright to be king. Mm. And after being in America for almost a decade at this point, he had seen that what is king in America? Money. Mm. So part two of his plan. Yeah, yeah, truly. I mean, again, he retained some of that information in all those very nice schools. Um, So thus, this plan came together and he found himself in the closest town that his bionic tower had walked to, nowhere, Kansas, where he decided to try and extort them for the billions of dollars so he would be king of America. Um, And as we will learn, though, of one, again, nowhere, Kansas is not going to have billions of dollars at all. Did he look at the town in any way, shape or form? (laughs) Um, two, uh, I guess he did learn on the plus side of things that yes, 
billionaires are king in America. Mm-hmm. People idolize them. So mm-hmm. his plan like totally wasn't off base. No. Um, but as we will learn that with or without the money, the most important part of this plan became spreading his unhappiness no matter what. And so in stark contrast to this like loveless delusional household that Jalos grew up in, we're going to cut away from wild speculation to go see our dear Courage the Cowardly Dog hanging out with his numero uno lady, Muriel. So Courage is in the kitchen with her, wagging his little tail like a little helicopter as she bakes for her little nowhere farm family. And she, on this day with Courage's help, happens to be preparing her happy plums, which she says, due to her secret ingredient, which, by the way, I've learned through some episodes, is always vinegar. Like, Muriel <laughs> constantly is always like, I put a little vinegar in it. I was, like, yes, I've heard that a couple times now, too. Yeah, always her baking which, secret like, ingredient. Ew. Um, yes. Uh, and she claims that just one bite will make anyone happy. And she says this because it, at the very least, makes courage very happy as we see him scarf down multiple cups of it. There's not just vinegar in those. (laughs) (laughs) And you know there's not just vinegar in those because it even makes Eustace happy who loves this dessert. So this dessert is fire. Yeah, Yeah, that's what they're doing. The little baby from your last episode is still sitting out on the farm. And she's a meth lab now. Yeah. (laughs) That's what they're just making. Yeah, cooking um, it up in there. <laughs> exactly. So as far away cute, from law enforcement and police officers as we I mean, yeah, as we Dr. Turbo. Yeah. Are you far away from any police? Okay, <laughs> excellent. Okay, all right. God, the voice acting in this show is just it's so too. amazing. <laughs> anyway, so as these cute little bakers bake away on a lovely little Saturday afternoon, uh Eustace is actually heading into town. Because his damn newspaper wasn't delivered that day. Oh, strange. Yeah, he decides to save dessert until later and just go into town and figure out where the frick his newspaper is. (laughs) But to his chagrin, there's no newspaper at all that day. All of the journalists and editors at the the store, at the office, Mm -hmm. were too tired and exhausted and sad to even write the newspaper for the day. Mm. And they just, why bother? Because it turns out they had already been hit by the cannons. Mm. I thought they were just lazy workers. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, they're just doing like BuzzFeed listicles these days. Lazy journalists. Jeez, they can't even go Damn journalists. (laughs) Yeah. Um, at this point, I will give you some credit that it's not like he's like going into a town where like bombs are going off. The Mm. cannons have stopped and he's... I will say I'm pretty sure it's like not an active war zone. (laughs) Yes, active war zone. Also, I will say to what you just said, I think Eustace at one point when he comes back does say that all the journalists are lazy and no one wants to work. (laughs) Like I didn't put it in there because I was like, man, whatever. But I think I do understand Eustace now. Oh yeah. Like a damn journalist. No one wrote the newspaper today. No one wants to work. You can't yeah. find any good work anymore. I swear yeah. it's not the employer, it's the employees only. Yeah, it's their anyway. fault. Yeah. yeah. So um again, the cannons have stopped at this point. Uh, because Jalas and his henchmen, who I haven't mentioned yet, but he does have a little henchman who's just a like very like bulky rat. <laughs> and his name is Rat. <laughs> And I love rap. <laughs> He's like, rap. <laughs> almost like um, uh, who's oh like Igor almost with like the hunchback, but he's like beyond that. Just, like, like the tattered looking. clothes. Nice no, again. He ain't got no clothes on. He's got like the big hunchback. I want to say in my mind, I don't think he does. But in my mind, he's got like a little heart tattoo. He's like clearly like a street gang rat, like from like the streets of New York type of like an old timey one. Um, Mainly because at some point we see him uh, with, actually at this point, um, again, the cans have stopped and we see Rat counting all of the money because the mayor did indeed give them the $33.3 billion. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Yes, I don't know how they got it. I think it goes into your theory, Alexis, that we'll get to at the end of our arc, that this is a 
town full of criminals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just threw in the room. So like community. They, yeah. So they low key had all of the like gold just sitting mm-hmm. around. They're um, like, look, we won't, we'll clear all, we'll expunge your record. All yeah. local crimes expunged. Just give us all your riches. You guys can go steal more shit after. This dude's going to kill us all. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Pour it in, baby. Pour it in. You won't be able to do more crime if you're depressed. And if things are very hard when you're depressed, right. including crime. Right. Um, but yeah. So Rat is sitting there and he's got like a little like visor on. He's just like counting the cash, which again is why I think he's just, like a little like street rat. And it's just it's yeah. real cute. Um, but they also stopped, not just because they finally got the money. But they were able to shoot every person in nowhere. So mm. to them, the job is finished. However, like Rat is happy as can be. He's like, people are depressed. We got this money. Our like proof of concept, the R&D was all there. <laughs> let's, let's take it big, baby. We're billionaires now. Let's make a Tesla out of this depression cannonballs. Solar-powered depression cannonballs. Yeah. Exactly. We're gonna SpaceX this shit. Hear me out, investors. Oh, they don't need the investors anymore. They've got thirty-three point three billion dollars. Exactly. Um, but as Rat is happy as can be, counting all the cash monies, Jalost is in bed, kind of hilariously, in like this bright green or no, this like bright purple like robe like gown with like a green trim it's clearly like his like pjs and he's like very relatably like eating ice cream in bed and it's just so depressed still and rolls over to rat and says what's the point of all this money if i am not happy Uh if i am not happy no one should be happy so that's right money doesn't bring happiness but sorry Also, wait, are you saying the rat like walked up to him in bed or the rat was in bed with him? They're in like the same room. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he just like turns. Okay. Gotcha. When he's yeah, he just turned, like turns over. over. I imagine they're like both laying on pillows, <laughs> just like chatting with each other. Like, <sighs> <laughs> no, I will say that like Jalas, so again, didn't write this in here, but Jalas is like, after he says that, he's like, the rat, come here and give me a hug. Maybe that will make me happy. And rat Aww. is like, bro, we got all this money. Like, why aren't you happy? Like, Rat is not sympathetic at all. No. Rat's in it for the money. Zaloft is looking, or Zaloft is looking 100%. for true meaning in life. Yeah. Yeah, Zaloft is like, like waxing philosophic and waxing. Yeah. 1,002, 1,003, 1,004. And um, 33.3 billion. Billion. <laughs> Happiness was bought. Thank you. Um, so as Jalost is just like, why am I not happy after all of this? Um, the mayor is sending messages to Jalost being like, bro, we gave you the money, like free our city, please. Mm -hmm. Like somehow like make these people happy again. Like everyone's depressed. Like, please, you said you would, if we gave you the money, but Jalost drones on and says, He's not going to do it because the money didn't make him feel any better. And then he hangs up on the mayor, turns back to a rat and complains that people are so selfish. All they do is think of themselves. Bro. <laughs> Irony. Look in the mirror. Irony. The mirror. So anyways, um, at this exact moment of complaining and bemoaning that it's so unfair that this money didn't make him happy, that everyone else in the world, there are other people who are still happy and it's so unfair. Uh, Jalas hears honking outside of his tower and he like shuffles out in his little matching slippers of like the like bright green and purple <laughs> to see Eustace in a... Yeah, <laughs> to see Eustace at the bottom of the tower in his like little dinky trunk honking and yelling why they parsed the tower in the middle of the road and <laughs> be like damn you kids um, move this tower <laughs> yeah stop in the middle of the road and he just like whips around the tower like waving his fist at the window and drives around the tower mm. um and that's when Jolas realizes oh we hadn't we didn't get everyone in we nowhere someone of yeah them. we missed someone maybe that's why i'm still unhappy there were still people who have happiness around him which is not okay 
So Javast and Rat follow Eustace to the farm, which obviously is not subtle at all. There's a giant bionic tower walking towards you. So Courage notices it right away out the window and is immediately like, this is some bad news, bears. Oh, no. Um, and I just want to remind you at this point that as the tower is approaching, and you should assume from here on out in the episode that every scene has the synth opera music happening yes. in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the whole time as it like slowly approaches and the storm is done. <laughs> oh my god so Eustace and Mariel also notice this giant tower approaching their home and they go down on the porch to see what the hubbub is courage was in the attic and he's like don't go out there and so he starts to run down to get them off the porch because clearly he's like this seems dangerous mm-hmm and what I think is one of the funniest scenes in Curse the Cowardly Dog. There's many. But Jalost immediately fires the cannonballs of unhappiness, multiple of them, right at Eustace, and nothing happens. <laughs> Eustace is just like yelling at them, like, get off my property. And Jalost and Rat say, oh, he must be immune to emotions. Like literally these like grumpy cannonballs are hitting Eustace and he's just like get off my lawn you yeah. damn kids I'm gonna go get my mallet he's like come on hit me hit me with them yeah he like goes I inside to like this shit yeah get a weapon to like chase them off of his property but there's yeah. just like no impact with like the unhappiness thing so he's already so he unhappy he cannot be any unhappier <laughs> yeah exactly they're like we have met our biggest match. Yeah. <laughs> is the enemy now. Yeah. Like, attack all cannons point on you. On him. <laughs> Literally, they hit him with like five or six before you <laughs> I'm going to go get my mallet and get you off my lawn. My mallet. He just like starts <laughs> yeah. hitting the leg. <laughs> um, courage does make it to the porch, but unfortunately... He makes it there in the exact moment that they hit Muriel with a cannon. And she, obviously such a happy, pure soul, becomes Mm -hmm. a depressed zombie. Courage grabs her. She doesn't get hit again. Puts her in the rocking chair where she just kind of slumps over and just slowly rocks back and forth. And we see how unhappy she is that he tries to give her the happy plums, being like, these make me so happy. But she's so sad that she won't even eat them. Oh, wow. She just sitting there and courage is just heartbroken over this. So he pockets the little, the plums are like in a little mug. And so he just pockets them and realizes the only answer must be in that tower. There must be an antidote to this mm-hmm. in that tower. And so I do want to say here that courage does get uses to help him in this. Hmm. Eustace is the decoy basically he goes to the front door of the tower (laughs) yeah knocks on the front door dressed up as a pizza delivery guy with a pizza (laughs) box rat opens the door gives him 20 bucks for the pizza that he's like I guess Zolas ordered some pizza and takes the pizza inside where courage is hiding Mm. and now real quick before you think Eustace did this out of a love for trying to cure Muriel we see him immediately hold up the 20 bucks from Rat and say, Courage was right. This is the easiest 20 bucks I ever made. Oh. And he pockets it and goes back home. <laughs> Sits down so, and watches TV. Yep. I mean, money uh-huh. was part of the equation, but remember, he needs someone to make him dinner too. And yes. Muriel's so, not going to cook in her current He's not getting state. off that rocking chair right there. She is... <laughs> too depressed and yeah he cannot have that so Uh, again not from any place of love nope who is the real criminal anyways so inside Jalas tower there's this big winding staircase in this mad scientist lab where there's this huge like room-sized cauldron bubbling with green liquid that the cannonballs from some giant machine are being dipped into so Mm. clearly whatever's in this cauldron uh, is clearly the source of like the unhappiness poison that all of these cannonballs are being laced with. Um, obviously, it doesn't take rat long to notice courage who just jumped out of a pizza box and is now wandering <laughs> this tower where only two people live. Yeah. Um, and so rat starts to chase courage through this chemistry lab. 
Courage is knocking a bunch of shit over. Um, and uh, while he's doing that, some of the chemicals pour on Rat, which actually, instead of making him depressed, it was some other chemical, which makes him essentially hulk out and oh. grow bigger and stronger. Oh, my God. Yeah. So who knows what else is going on in that lab? Yeah. Um, this but is just cur- one experiment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then happiness stuff was just one experiment. Yeah. I think the, like, hulk out one was probably, again like uh Jalas is really spindly and weak and like was probably like never he got put on the varsity teams because his parents paid his way but like again he couldn't even like lift the ball so he's like <laughs> I'll just like make myself big and strong when I become king with yeah. chemicals Damn. no so, one will even notice the difference yeah exactly <laughs> um so courage over the good boy slingshots with nothing else to do take some of the plums from his pocket and slingshots them uh to rat which somehow like Rat doesn't eat them, it just like bonks them. But somehow the vinegar doesn't mix with the Hulk out chemicals. And Rat all of a sudden snaps into just like a little baby rat. Aww. Just like a little, yeah, it's actually like real cute. Yeah. He's got like, he's got a little diaper on. He's <laughs> like a little crazy hat. Jeez, they like totally like, what is it? Just demasculated him or yeah you wear a diaper yes exactly so courage continues his way up the tower but unfortunately is immediately grabbed and tied up by Jalost. Mm-hmm. um in in another example Jalost only wanting to get his way no matter what Jalost lights a cannon and says yeah i'll cure mariel of this unhappiness clearly that's who you care about if you can solve my puzzle before this cannon goes off and courage, I will say does solve the puzzle. But again, in what I just said of Jolas getting his way, no matter what, Jolas still sets the cannon off um, (laughs) right on courage. But luckily courage is able to like matrix evade it. um, He was just tied up and not tied to anything. So like he could still hop around. Yeah. Um, And run away. (laughs) So he starts to hop away uh, and like wiggle out of the rope, but Jolest grabs him and straight up immediately starts choking him while holding him over like the edge of a balcony. Uh, cause there are balconies, this tower is so big. There are balconies inside the tower. Dang. And so he's straight up like holding him over the edge above the cauldron, like a couple floors down with unha- the unhappiness chemical cauldron. Yeah. Um, and courage thinking fast takes the mug of plums out of his pocket and chucks the mug at Zolast right in the face. <laughs> the so he drops mug. him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's like feed him the plums. He's just like, knock you out baby (laughs) projectile go yeah boom um which was smart but courage didn't really think through the fact that like he's still dangling over like multiple floors of a drop Mm -hmm. and jolost does drop courage Mm. luckily uh courage is able to grab onto the edge but the mug ricochets off of jolost's huge forehead and tumbles (laughs) down to the depths of the cauldron below and when the happy plums and the mug make contact with the chemical bubbling, boiling cauldron, all of a sudden it starts fizzling and bubbling even more and starts to turn from green to bright pink. And then whatever chemical reaction, again, this vin- vinegar, quote unquote, whatever Mariel's secret ingredient is, CCP. starts exploding. Oh. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> left and right drenching all of the cannon cannonballs which also start exploding and flying off the tower as the start like the roof of the tower blows its top Mm. the tower the cannonballs again are all bright pink now and shooting their way it made me think of like um mixing like uh like coke and like uh mentos or whatever Yeah, it's basically what's happening and projectiling these now bright pink cannonballs everywhere. But as it hits the citizens of nowhere, all of a sudden, the color returns to their skin. The energy returns. Mm. The lights of their eyes turn back on and happiness returns to their hearts. We see the little girl get hit and immediately start jump jump roping again. Oh, she's still standing there. (laughs) She was like slumped over. Um, has an entirely unimportant to the plot, but so fucking funny that the writers put this in. 
we had seen earlier an unhappiness cannonball hit like a duck who was standing on like a street corner. And then we see, it's not like Dr. LeQuack, which is like a random duck. duck. No, we see him get hit with the pink cannonball and like jump back up and be like, I'm back, baby. And like waltz into the street all happy. And then you see him get hit by a car. (laughs) (laughs) Like straight up slammed by a car in the street. (laughs) It's so funny. He's back. He's back, baby. Um, so anyways. Courage, oh my god. Sorry. Quickly thinking, uh, knowing needs to get away, grabs an, a happiness cannonball now, grabs baby rat because he's like, oh, he shouldn't be stuck with this mad scientist, and runs to the farm to cure Mur- Muriel, which he quickly does. Um, he just you know touches her with the happiness cannonball and she lights back up. Courage for a moment thinks everything's better, but Jalost bursts in through the front door, like had made his way through like the flames and like the destruction of his exploding uh, tower again to the uh, 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 music. Oh my God, happening. I forgot about the music. I will not let you forget about the music. Please don't. Oh my God, I can't wait to rewatch this one. Because <laughs> I do um, not so remember the music disheveled from the explosion and he was able to save one unhappiness cannonball that again he cues right in on muriel basically saying like all right she is clearly the target here she's the most important one to make unhappy because Mm -hmm. this little dog is trying to foil my plans so courage grabs muriel and runs her into the kitchen to hide under the table where they adorably embrace with Muriel, thanking Courage for saving Uh her. But obviously, Jolas easily follows them in, walks right into the kitchen. You see, like, the doors open. You see his, like, just, like, you know, torn up legs from the explosions walking in. Then he sees the dessert on the table and starts to help himself to the plums. (laughs) He starts to low-key, like, we hear him, like, choking and hacking on them. And then we see him very slowly, like, come down under the table, but he's no longer green. He's just, he's just some Croatian white dude he's now. Caucasian. <laughs> yeah, he's a European man now. Okay. The bags from under his eyes are gone, and that deep embedded frown is replaced for the first time ever with a smile. Aww. And I surmise that the secret ingredient here that turned Zolas into someone who was maybe not depressed anymore was not vinegar but rather was a meal made with love which was Mm. something his parents never gave him wow and so we end our episode with Zolas taking rat into his arms loving him as he's his little child now and Zolas Mm -hmm. saying he's never felt so happy in his entire life and all it took was a little bit of love, attention, and plums. Mm. And that's it. Yeah. That's Wow. You say plums, I say PCP. <laughs> but yeah. And drugs. <laughs> and drugs. And a wow. heavy dose of drugs from Muriel, <laughs> the drug pusher of the <laughs> right. show. I mean, when you... When you said that, like, it caused the explosion and everything, it's like, okay, so it is meth. <laughs> it's a meth lab gone bad. Yeah. I mean, this is a criminal town. Like, she could be making meth out right. there. The Winnebago, you got to put it to use. Yeah. Wow. Great job. Amazing. Thank you. Um, I love it. Look at but these past two episodes of our, the theme is that you just you, got, you need some love. It's all about love. Yeah. So uh, what happens when he runs out of the plums? Like, is does he have Mariel on like speed dial now? Like, I'm almost out. <laughs> I need a fresh batch. I'm going to do something crazy if I don't get yeah, some more. Permanently moves to nowhere and just becomes like, the town druggie like you know like everyone's got that one town like person in town who's like really addicted but they're not doing anything bad any like at all they just like you know know, need a couch to crash on like you want to help them you like want to take them to a like aa but also like narcotics on us but you're also like actually they're a lot more pleasant in their horrible addiction (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah we're just gonna keep on on those drugs yeah and so i think that's what it is 
Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but this could be a, yet again, a criminal origin story though, for a rat. Mm-hmm. In a I mean, although now way. that, now that rat is getting some TLC too, though, from, from Zalas, yeah. it's like, maybe, maybe his life will turn around too. Or yeah, maybe true. he's really just like, no, man, I want that money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please, like experiment on me again. So I can go steal more money. Is this, uh, the origin story of bubbles from rescue <laughs> Rangers? <laughs> You know, who when moves you back first... to New York City as a street rat, hooks up when... with Pop Top to run a cult to get that money. I did think about that when you mentioned like this hulking, hulking. like street, New York City street rat. I was like, oh, maybe he's like he works with Pop Top. I couldn't remember his name though. Bubbles. Yep. All I could From remember here. was your description, the uh, Lucha Libre. <laughs> yeah. Sumo wrestling. Yeah. Yep. Uh, go back Crossover. a few episodes and listen yeah. go to back our. To uh, yeah, we did an episode, uh, an episode about like cults and stuff. Go, go find yeah, it. It's very funny. There. We tie all of our shows together. Turns yes. out these uh, classic animated shows are only so different. <laughs> they yes, have a lot which, of common ground. I will say in another crossover, which I haven't watched yet, but my friend Carl, who I've mentioned on the show before, did point out that in the last few years. They did like a Scooby-Doo Courage crossover. Did they? I think needs to be like a bonus content for us. Like a very special episode one day for us. Yeah. Um, One day we're going to have to find that because I don't even. Yeah. I think it was kind of recent. Yeah. So anyways. um, Put a pin in that. Thank you, Carl, for the recommendation. Yes. So um, there you have it. Great job. Everyone needs to go watch this episode purely for the accents and the music the I plot and wait. stuff is good but like sure sure I also um I have vivid memories of rat in particular yeah. from this episode like I kind of I vaguely remember this watching this one when I was younger but yeah. for some reason rat just like lives in my mind rent free and just like <laughs> him running rat. down these dark hallways yeah. I for some reason have memories of that very yes. creepy <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to I go back that. and watch. Good, 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 <laughs> Rewatch good, 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 good. and relive. Um, yes, great job. So, Thank also, you. real quick, yeah, I was not expecting, I thought you were going to do like one half of the episode today and then ne- your next episode do oh. the other half. So, cool, cool. That was nice. Good way for you, like double dipping there a little bit, liking yep. it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And they like didn't even like split up the episode. I think they just titled it part one and part two because oh. they like make every episode two mini episodes but this one was just smoothly just one 22 minute episode instead of 11 minutes that was going to be my next question like did they stop it at a certain point okay cool cool they should have done that more often i could have yeah for some 22 minute courage episodes yeah it gave like a Uh little more uh background into seeing like the criminal uh with like the extra time and that type of stuff so yes a very fun great episode uh to watch Again, HBO Max. Um, I think the title of it was like the Tower of Dr. Joel Lost, like okay. part one and part two, episode yeah. 13, I think season two. So cool. Uh, cool. Awesome. we will be back, yes, next week with more courage. And between now and next week, Alexis, who should they tell about this podcast? Slash podcast. Oh, I think this week you should tell, since we shat on them a little bit earlier, we'll bring it mm-hmm. back. Redemption, tell a journalist. They're not lazy. <laughs> they, they like doing their jobs. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you get hit with writer's block. Sometimes maybe you get hit with an unhappiness cannonball. Something gets in the way and you can't. It's hard, it's hard to stay up to date on the news. But mm-hmm. yeah, find a journalist, tell them, watch Saturday Morning Mysteries. And then write about it and how great and it then, is. Yeah, right. Exactly. Put it in WAPO or New York yeah. Times. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> nice. Um, and I think after you tell the journalist, I was going to say tell like the newsies, but they don't exist anymore. <laughs> like extra, extra, get your paper here, a nickel. Where do you buy your newspapers? <laughs> <laughs> but the modern equivalent of newsies is like they are still like, you know, in cities usually like kind of like street corner, like newsstands mm-hmm. who like also sell magazines, snacks, that type of stuff. So you should tell your local vendor they're working hard out there especially in the summer it's hot in those things um so yeah tell them you know grab a paper while you're there grab a little 
Snickers bar or something. Yeah. And be like, you guys stand here all day long, but on set, we're in Miss. You'll enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, listen to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and until then, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We, we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Satmore Mist, all the abreeds. And let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries. Bye.